Okay, welcome to a special segment here for Tau Light Talk. Um, I've got a very special guest with me. Uh, we're not even recording video, so don't you don't have to worry about it. But maybe I'll throw it up. You know what? Maybe I will. Never mind. We'll yeah. see. Hey. <laughs> Never mind. People want to see this. People yeah. want to see this, you know? <laughs> React as if I am. So, uh, <laughs> it's, well, in that case, I mean, uh, I know you might as well really get comfortable here. Kickstarter, right? <laughs> um, I got Hector Barrero with me. Uh, from Chronicles of Horror, a Kickstarter campaign that is currently funding right now. It is a horror anthology series, which is literally right up my alley. I love anthologies and I love comics. And um, you you are blending the two uh, with the rest of the Seer Nova group. So I want to hear in your words, I'm at Comic-Con. I'm coming up to your table. I see this comic before me. Give me the elevator pitch. How am I going to buy this thing? <laughs> Why am I? Um, <laughs> okay, so um, the the elevator pitch would be, um, yeah, it's 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 a play on classic horror anthology series that you kind of see on TV, and then also kind of like you know Hitchcockian kind of um, kind of horror where it's more surprise than than gore and, and stuff like that. There is a bit of gore in it, but it's not specifically about that um and it's uh, a whole bunch of collaboration of different artists uh with different styles and different pacing and things like that kind of pulled into this one series um and it follows um somewhat of a narrative kind of the same way that you would see on maybe like a tales from the crypt where you get you know your um your host and then he introduces you know the the comics and then at the end you get kind of a again kind of like an outro um so that's that's kind of what we're going for here if you um, why you get this? Um, because you you like anthologies, you like comics the same way you just said, and then you also like those those reference materials that I just gave. So if you like um, things like Freak Show, things like um, Tales from the Crypt, um, uh, Twilight Zone, uh, specifically this book is more of a Twilight Zoney kind of horror. Um, okay. It very tied into that whole TV dynamic with this second issue. But um, issue one was definitely more of just a collaboration of stories. It didn't necessarily have a narrative, but that's what we tried to improve upon with this with this issue. Which is just awesome. Like I see. So we've got eight stories um, from just a slew of different writers and artists in here. And I guess because we're talking specifically to you, what's your contribution to the uh to the kickstarter to the campaign that is a great question um so i have two stories in this book that i'm doing the artwork on mm-hmm. um i'm for for two writers one of them is matt myers who created this this the series yep. um so he was the author on on the four stories in the previous book and then uh greg mokin um he does he did two stories in this book and i'm part of one of those um so i'm the artist and i also did the logo design i'm doing a print um, I did kind of the storyboard. So I was kind of doing the, the direction of this comic, um, which it was it, again, it was it was something we wanted to improve upon from the first book. We wanted to have somewhat of a direct dire- direction that kind of, you know, held all of these stories in place, you know, because, you know, an anthology can feel a little bit disjointed at times, uh, especially right. when you're, you're talking about comics. Um, and we have a, a variety of different styles of these different artists that are working in, in the indie market. So, um, you know, we wanted to just pull them together in some way. Um, so that was part of the direction change that, that, that came about. Um, so I did that. Um, I did the logo for the for the book as well 
Um, so yeah, just a lot of different hands and playing around in in this book as opposed to the last one. You're a bit of the architect behind it. It sounds like a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> At least was, for the the way that this is getting structured. Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of. I, I want to get into art direction. So that was kind of like my first attempt, uh, you know, in doing so. So I kind of had, like I said, a, a play in, like you said, I was, I was a little bit of the architect, you know, and, and just wanted to get the writers to have a lot of feedback into like how this book looks, how does it, you know, as opposed to, you know, writers kind of put forth their stories and then the artists kind of take it from there. What I wanted yeah. to do was kind of be the middleman between the artists and the, and the writers and kind of give the writers a say so as to like, okay, what do you guys see, you know, this book turning into and then how can, how can you guys give feedback before we go into our final, you know, um, versions of it and, and, and give you guys a chance to have a say so. So that was kind of my, my approach to this art direction. So tell me, um, given that it's it's kind of a big undertaking, you know, eight stories is a lot uh, to jam pack in a book like this. How long has it been in development for? Uh, we actually started right after the campaign launch and funding last year. So we actually, um, I think we stopped funding like around Halloween. I think it was okay. like the 30th as opposed to the 31st. So literally the next day and even before then we were talking about, well, how can we approach an issue too? What do you think? Because, you know, the the campaign, um, it, it, it was revealing as to what we needed to do to, to, to improve if we wanted to do this again, right? right. So like, you know, in the middle of, of funding, we were like, you know what, we need more, <laughs> we need more marketing. We need a better direction for the book. We need, you know, if we're going to try this again, here's what we want to do. Yeah. Um, so that's in talking with that, then we just started, you know, talking about, well, how, well, how many more stories do we want to put in it? If we're going to improve how, you know, so all those different things, the planning started literally kind of in the middle of the, of the last campaign. So it's about a year in development up until now. Um, but we started pre-production in January. So, um, you know, the character design, the, the stories were already written by that point in time. And, you know, yeah. we just did some editing and things like that. So yeah, I'd say like January of last year. That's or this year, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so a long time. You know, we're almost yeah, where we are in October. So, um, and this will run through to Halloween again. With yeah, this Halloween. One, with this campaign. Yep. So, at the time of this recording, uh, you guys are at um, about 1,500 of a five seven 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 goal is that a significant number to you <laughs> it, it wasn't it was just a round okay. up, you know what i mean like i think we landed at like 576 or whatever yeah. and then you're just like yeah just round it up <laughs> all right cool and we got 26 days left and 58 backers so um you guys are starting out strong which is good which is really good um it's always hard when you first put out that Kickstarter. I know, obviously, as well. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions. You go highs <laughs> and lows, and then at the end, yeah. you're just kind of nail biting to see what's going on. So, um, I'm I'm gonna ask you: Have you ever seen the series of movies called Waxwork? I have not. No. Okay, so the first one, they go to a wax museum, and each uh, display is a different horror scene. So you see like a werewolf and then you see a werewolf like scene played out. Like the characters go inside of the wax museum. The okay. second movie is, and it's more scary. The second movie is a little bit more campy, but they go through, um, different movie genres. 
So there's like an aliens like ripoff. There's like a Frankenstein. There's like all these different ones. So check it out. Um, both of them are good. Anthony or yeah, Anthony Hickok movies. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I, I really, really love them, uh, quite a bit. And when I was, you know, you showed me this before you launched and I was like, oh, okay. This reminds me of Waxwork 2, um, just in the premise a little bit. So, um, and that movie from like the nineties, I think it was like stay tuned. I think it was like, uh, Chevy chase or whatever, where you like go into like different, (laughs) yeah. So again, for me, and I think if you guys, um, you know, it's a lot of geeky people listening. Uh, it checks off a lot of boxes, so I love it. So the the comic company or collective, however you guys want to word it, is Sear Nova. Tell me a little bit about this group of uh, creators. Yeah, so it actually is both. It is a comic company and a comic collective. So the comic company was uh, founded by uh, Dylan and Greg, um, and they are both... Um, kind of driven to to put together a community of artists, um, you know, because in in realizing, you know, what it takes to to launch a business, but also a comic business, you know, an indie comic business, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of challenges, right? So I think their goal was to um, by in learning how to start their own company, help other people do the same. So like, you know, a, a lot of us artists, we don't have the business mind. So um, in, in that company, Greg is more of the creative side and then Dylan is the business side. So he has a lot more of that business knowledge and he was just hoping to kind of pass along a lot of that, you know, entrepreneurial kind of knowledge to, you know, the artists, to, to people who don't necessarily have those skills um, and, and just give them, you know, a, a hand in marketing and a hand in, uh, you know, just business creation in, in, in a whole and like how you have to do that, that kind of stuff, how you have to think about that kind of, um, that kind of stuff when you're approaching a business. So, um, their goal is to not only create a platform for these artists, but also to give them again, the business side of that, the, the, the tools to succeed as a, as an entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneur. So how I came into the fold was they kind of approached me in that way. They said, Hey, you know, we love your artwork. You know, how can we help you guys? Uh, we're building a platform. What do you, what do you say about kind of joining the collective? And, um, unknowingly, I mean, I, I came, I came into that fold a bit early. So they had kind of just started the company and they were, you know, looking for people to add to the platform. So, um, yeah, I've been working with them, uh, you know, for I think two years, two and a half years, maybe even three years now. Um, and it's been, it's been a really cool kind of process of seeing them grow and, and also growing myself and seeing how many independent creators have come into the fold and how many people are on the platform now and how the platform has changed and improved and modified and kind of all the goals that they had set forth kind of coming into place. So I think it's, it's been a cool, um, it's been a cool ride and, um, in, in, in answering your question <laughs> and giving more details about, about, I guess how I relate to their company and how other indies relate to their company. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a platform. So it, it's more or less like go to the platform, you know, see all these different independents. And then there's also like a paid membership. So, um, some exclusive stuff, it's kind of like a, they're, they're trying to mold their platform into something that's more like a Patreon. So there is going to be a paywall. Okay. Um, but that paywall has exclusive stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. So if you, it's just like Patreon, if you, you know, if you're, if you're, subscribing to anybody on patreon you're going to see things that isn't found on their instagram their facebook or any other platform like webtoons things like that so um so yeah that's that's the model and then you know again how i relate to it i had we had a series called um 
uh, Yuri and Goose that was on their platform. It still is on their platform, but we're not carrying on with that series. But if you guys want to see it, uh, you guys can check it out there for free. Um, but then, you know, I do a podcast with them, uh, a couple different podcast format stuff with them. And uh, we do that every Sunday. And then we have something called um, Smo Talk. And that's more of like a pre-recorded kind of thing that comes out just when it comes out. So um, that kind of stuff is going to port over either to their platform or like buy me a coffee as like an exclusive thing. So, um, okay. yeah. That's awesome. It's a lot, and I it's love it. You know, you know what though. Um, I I think it's important for indie creators to collaborate and to build each other up. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be put together with people, uh, you know, like yourself, um, Ruben, obviously, who I collaborate with quite a bit, and others in the community that we're not looking to push other people down. You know what right. I mean? Like, if this wasn't really my thing, like, maybe I wouldn't support it. But it doesn't mean I wouldn't support you for doing something. And I and I think something like that, a platform where you you may come from different aspects of the creative process, um, but you can find a way to build each other up. And, you know, if you're connecting to a community, whether it is with a paywall, I mean, we all have to eat or <laughs> if it's... Uh, right you know, and other ways to interact even through this Kickstarter campaign to support that way, I think it's really important. So um, kudos for you guys for for launching something like that and and putting it out to the world because I think it's important. So yeah, awesome. I, I, I completely agree. And yeah, working with someone like you and like Ruben and like just tons of other indie creators that I've met in the process of, of joining this platform. Um, yeah, it's been it's it's honestly like putting out something like this, like Chronicles of Horror, is kind of an accomplishment for us. That we have created some community, and that community is growing and things like that. So it's so we're kind of thriving right now, which is great. Um, and yeah, I I feel the same way that you feel. We want we want to lift each other, uplift each other, and not push each other away. You know. Perfect. It's good. So we're gonna switch gears for a minute here because yeah. it is. Shocktober, my favorite time of year, and we're going to get a little spooky. I know you've given, you know, some of the inspirations behind Chronicles of Horror with the um, Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone, etc. But like, where do you come from it, you know, in your own personal story? Like, you're a horror fan or were they just like, hey, do a horror thing or you know what I mean? Like you're an artist, so you might just go, I don't know, whatever, I'll draw. But, you know, what? <laughs> tell me where you come from as far as what's your relationship with horror in general? Right. Um, so I'm not a horror artist. So that it, this has actually been my first um, kind of stepping into this genre. Um, and part of the reason why I wanted to work with them specifically is because it's not like a gore horror and i'm not necessarily into gore horror but like when you talk about like something like hitchcockian type stuff and when you talk about something like tales from the crypt where it's like it's creepy it's it's more um you know psychological it's things like that twilight zone it's things that where it brings out your your the fear in you but in a very kind of un indirect ways you know it's not it's not jump scare type stuff um i'm not necessarily into that kind of horror like the jump scare jump scare type horror, but I'm into the more psychological stuff. So that kind of appealed to me when he kind of pitched the, you know, to the platform. He was like, hey, you know, I have an idea for this kind of stuff. Here's like a look into the stories and things like that. I read a bit of it and I was like, okay, this feels more like something I'm into, you know. Um, but my relationship to horror um, specifically is I do enjoy, I enjoy horror because I feel like fear is a very, um, 
it's it's kind of like an emotion that we all need to deal with, right? Like we all need to to understand fear and have a relationship with it. And I think that my personal relationship with fear um, has come more from like me jumping off of and stepping out as a creative, right? So like yeah. that's that's my relationship with with the psychological fear, right? Like and, and, and anxiety and things like that. But when it comes to like fear as like, you know, horror movie genre type stuff, um, you know, I'm not really moved by a lot of stuff, you know, like because I because I because I know it's imaginary, you know what I mean? So it right. doesn't really affect my life. But I enjoy the process of of I think taking something like um, like Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like, so the, the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street is facing your own fear. It's facing your own internalized fear in a very graphic way. But, um, you know, and I think that's what horror is supposed to do. So like horror is, is the, is the, the, the campfire tale, you know what I mean? That, that it, it confronts you with this really scary situation so that you can kind of process it in your brain. You can say, well, how would I react in that scenario? And why, what, what makes me afraid of those things? Why am I afraid of spiders? Why am I afraid of clowns? Why am I afraid of jack-o'-lanterns? Things like that. So it, it, it um, horror, I think answers that question of why am I afraid of these things? And I think that specific touches me uh, um in in a psychological way okay very good answer so for your so, stories you said you got two of them yeah so what are can you you know without ruining anything can you kind of tell me about what you did now did um did the creators say you know here is a bunch of ideas pick from them you can draw what you want or did you approach them with, you know, this is what I want to do and then kind of tell me like which ones you, you worked on? Well, so we had three writers on this book. We had Jason Webb, Matt Myers and Greg Moquin. Um, so Matt Myers had his first set of stories kind of already written or conceptualized. And then he was like, you know, I just have to add a few details and things like that. And Jason Webb already had his stories kind of mapped out. So those two kind of already had their pick of the litter and Greg had one done. And then we were just actually on a podcast kind of like this with a group and well, not like this, but we, we had like a group of creators. We we're doing a creator meeting. Right. And we we're talking about like doing something like this, like an issue two, and we wanted more stories and things like that. And then I just kind of pitched a, a weird, weird story like uh again without ruining it um yeah. bobby bobby t the story is called bobby t um and i was like hey you know this would be cool and then greg was like that's awesome i'm gonna write that so literally like two oh, days later okay he had his script worked out and that was like okay so obviously i'm on that book because you know i contributed to it and i can right. visualize it um but then uh matt was like hey i would i would love you to work on the loft because i feel like the loft first of all um one of the the catches in, in this book is we had um, a promotion in the last Kickstarter where it was like if you um, contribute at this level, you get your your face kind of drawn into the to, to issue two, right? Right. Um, so he was like, "Hey, I want you to handle the loft because the loft was my way of of in, you know contributing to that last you know campaign, I and I think you would be a good artist to to get likenesses and things like that. Plus, also, um, it has a zombie theme to it. I've never worked on a zombie comic, so I was like, this would be a good kind it. of workout for me. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, both of those stories I kind of fell into. It wasn't like a plan, or it wasn't like you know purposeful in terms of like, oh, I, I want to work on these specific ones. Um, there actually was." One that I did want to work on that I didn't get a chance to simply because of my workload, um, Split, which is another one um, that, again, I, I did want to work on. But um, the reason – first of all, we had an artist initially, but then he dropped out. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll get 
I can definitely take right. this on, right? Um, but then my workload got heavy, and then eventually I passed it off to to Josh Harris, which it just worked out really well. So um, luckily he was available, and uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to work on it. But that was <laughs> that was another story in the series that I didn't want to work on. So what's it like for you um, being an artist and and working with a writer? Like, how is that relationship? Um, is there something? Because you know we'll get listeners who are writers will get listeners who are artists and some people have a hard time um, either giving up their baby if they're a writer sometimes or not seeing it, you know, the way that they see it in their heads. And, you know, this is like you said for that, for the story, um, uh, Bobby T, you, you kind of came up with that. So I think you probably, it's more of your baby, whereas the loft, you kind of came into it. Like what was that relationship, you know, working relationship like? Man, um, it's kind of different for every writer, but I, I would um, I would say personally, I love when a writer is a little bit more take charge. You know what I mean? Like I like when a writer has details figured out, they have a clear picture of what they want, and they give good direction. Um, and that doesn't mean being bossy, and that doesn't mean being a jerk. So uh, let me let me very let me be very clear about that because <laughs> um, again, I've worked with um, a few writers, right? Like so in my professional life. Um, you know, I work for a company called Maui, um, Maui Ataroa, and they're they're based in New Zealand. So I've done a lot of cultural stories, things like that. And again, on that side, I've worked with a few few writers on their team, but but all of them have the same modus operandi. They they have a story figured out. They're very direct with what they need accomplished because they're mm. working for clients. So yeah. that to me is is a very efficient workflow, and I like that workflow um, as an artist. Um, when it comes to working with indies. It seems like independents have a little bit more of like an open kind of concept. Like they they kind of walk in, they go, here's my idea. Take it where you want to go. Um, I appreciate that, you know, because it, it gives you a lot of creative freedom as an artist. But also it can lead to a lot of um, really long timelines because you have a, more of a back and forth. Right. So you have more of a Well, how does this look? Oh, that looks great. Or it doesn't look so good. Um, and then sometimes what you have is or problems in that relationship is that the writer has a vision, but they don't communicate the vision. And then the artist gets it and they execute their vision based on that level of communication. Right. So like, um, a major problem I think is, is in that is, is that the writer needs to have an understanding of what, what is our understanding of each other's communication? Because I can say one thing and you can take yeah. it completely differently and, yep. it, and it can seem very obvious. Well, I said this, how come you didn't understand it the way that I understand it? Right. And it's because even in America, even, you know, if we're living on one side of the country to another side of the country, things mean different things on different, you know, in different places, you know? So, um, you know, again, the, the relationships that I've had on one end, I really, really appreciate a lot of direction. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the other hand, I appreciate a lot of creative freedom. It's it's a nice balance of those two things. And and the the middle ground is communication, right? So and understanding from the writer's perspective, I think you have to understand how your artist communicates. Yeah. So if you don't understand how they communicate or you can't communicate with them in a conversation like i'd say go through like a month or two of just like getting to know each other's like ups and downs and what you know say that and mean that and you know those kinds of things and um you know fortunately like with a writer like you and ruben or writers like you and ruben we've had that like we've had an opportunity to kind of get to know each other right. on 
a bit of a personal level and things like that. And we, you know, we haven't really even started working on anything together, but when we've had this experience of, well, now I see your writing style and, and things like that. And yeah. I know how you guys communicate. We've had conversations via like, you know, video chat and things like that. So we kind of have a feel for each other. So now it's, it's much more of a, when we approach that working scenario, we already know what we mean. You know what I mean? Like if you say, Hey, I need this done, or I, I, I picture this, I already know what you want. And then there's just a better communication. And even though there's a back and forth, there's, or there's going to be a back and forth, it's just much quicker. It's, it's much more understood. There's a lot of uh, questions that are already answered. You know, you don't have to worry about certain aspects of, of that dynamic of that relationship and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, it's always interesting. It's always interesting as an artist to kind of work with someone new and <laughs> and take on those idiosyncrasies you know what i mean of, yes. of how they communicate yes but yeah. um yeah i enjoy i enjoy honestly like i enjoy um like in this project specifically um because greg knows how i am so he kind of catered his communication to how i am and he knows how matt is so he's he's a good director when it comes to that kind of stuff and i think you know matt is very much like the just take it and and, and go just do what you want like i, I kind of don't care like how the end results get. i mean he cares about the end result but he doesn't care how i visualize his end result like gotcha. if that makes sense right he yep. kind of likes that process of of the surprise like how does it turn out that kind of yeah. thing <laughs> um in terms of me like handing off a creation i think this like again this is like my first art director kind of role. So it was, I did the storyboards for every single story and then I gave them to the artist. So it was, it was kind of a cool, um, experiment at, for me, letting things go. Right. Like, so like, I'm a little bit I'm of a control freak. you to do this thing. <laughs> yes. I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to that stuff. So we this is a are. good yeah. exercise and, and, and not being that way. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, for future projects, you know, so, and, and my professional life has kind of turned that way as well. I'm more of a, I'm more of the concept artist now and I kind of do the layouts and then I let other artists finish, um, do the finishes. So it's, it's, it's like blending all at the same time in a good way. So for me, it's, it's, it's been a kind of a cathartic experience in that way. It's um, just like you said, it can be a little freeing to let it go uh, and just, OK, yep. out of sight, out of mind. Hopefully it comes back the way that I like it. To. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and, yeah. and being open to that and being yes. open to how it how it comes back and not being so like, you know, tight on it, you know, 100 uh, percent. So tell me about Kickstarter as a platform. Um, you know, it's it's. We talked about the emotional roller coaster at the beginning of this and just in general, you know, using crowdfunding as a vehicle to get your project funded. Like, what do you you know, what's your high? What's your lows of, of doing Kickstarters? Oh, man. OK, so I really I think Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general is a great thing for artists. It's since its inception um, for any creative, really, uh, I think it's a great thing. And I and I really hope that it just continues to to continue to to, to be something that's positive. Um, but, you know, just like with anything, there's always going to be, first of all, work that comes, you know, with with making something like this and then also some negative things, you know. So um, one of I guess the aspect of work is probably the greatest aspect of, of running a Kickstarter. I think, you know, sometimes we go into something like a crowdfunding and we think like it should be so simple. It should be so like it, it's not going to be that hard. It's it's you know, you're seeing all these other people do it and be successful. And you're like, 
You know, I can right. do this. Yeah. But when but when you actually have to go through each reward tier, plan those things out, plan out the the budget and and just all the <laughs> visuals, the yeah. the trailer, you know, all like there's a lot of different aspects to this. Um and and that's that's not even including your marketing strategy. That's not even including, you know, how are you going to reach people? What's your network like? You know, what are you going to do to 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 get the word out? Something yeah. like this, right? Like we're jumping yep. on podcasts and things. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things to think about. Um, so, you know, there's, there's gives and takes. And I think for me, the high is putting together a project and seeing it succeed or just seeing it fund, you know, like right. even if you don't succeed in full funding, seeing it get to even 75%, you're like, wow, I did more than, you know, than I've ever done on a kick on a crowdfund, you know, right. like something like this, we're, we've already surpassed what we, our entire goal of the last crowdfund, you know what I mean? So like right now we're, we're growing, you know, right now we're doing better than last time, just based on the amount of money that we've been able to raise nice. in in three days or four right. days, as opposed to an entire campaign, which was a month, you know, so we're, we're growing our community. We're seeing it, you know, pay dividends, you know? Um, so that, that for me is the high. And then also putting together the, the type of project that we put together with eight stories and, you know, yeah. all these different artists and things like that. <laughs> so that's a high for me. The low is probably just like when it hits those little plateaus, right? So like, yeah, when you when, when you don't see the dial move you know like that's that's yeah. the low for me and then and then you start asking everybody like okay what do we do now like what what can we do um but i think it's it's even in that low point there's there's this bright spot of problem solving there's this bright spot of of being creative of saying like okay well we're hitting a wall what the hell do we do next yeah and you know it just keeps you moving it keeps you you know from being stagnant and things like that so um Man, I mean, I don't have a lot of tremendous uh, complaints about a platform like Kickstarter. Um, I think that, you know, there there is complaints in the community. And I think that those things are probably based in, in individual experience. You know what I yeah, mean? And, for sure. you know, I've had a Kickstarter that's failed. You know, you move on. You don't you don't dwell on it, you know, just like anything, any other failure in life. If you dwell on it. It's just going to continue to bug you. You know what I mean? But if you grow from it, if you move on from it and you say, okay, well, I'm going to do better next time, then you yeah. will. So, yep. 100%. I guess that's my stance. <laughs> no, you did a good job. So, uh, one last question um, What's next? So, Chronicles of Horror 2 funding on Kickstarter. Please, guys, go check it out right now from Seer Nova Comics. But you you successfully funded. You know, it's October 31st or November 1st. Do you get going on issue three or like, do you guys have plans? What's the deal? So um, we would love this to be an annual thing. So that was okay. when we started this, this was that was the plan. Right. So like about, you know, every fall we release the Chronicles of Horror. Right. Um, so we're, that's the plan. That's that is the plan. Um, <laughs> what happens October 31st is that we um, we start getting towards uh, fulfilling. You know, that's that's you know, again, once you half of the I'm sorry, a third of the Kickstarter is making the Kickstarter. Yep. Another third is marketing and then the other third is fulfillment. Right. So so yeah. that's going to be our priority. And, and, and our priority right now, our plans are right now just literally getting this thing funded. It's it's a it's pretty much a, it's a high goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for really any single issue comic book. Um, so that's that's our focus right now in terms of what we have planned already. We don't necessarily have a whole bunch planned, but I know these guys have stories that they want to, you know, um, move on to issue three. Um, the narrative in this book kind of leads into, you know, it's like a cliffhanger, like 
Oh, okay. Issue three coming yeah. soon, kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have no solid plans. Specifically, me. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be working on the series anymore. So this is my last time working on a, a Chronicles uh-huh. of Horror, at yeah. least for a couple of years. If it yeah. keeps going, I might be able to jump back in. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to be working with you and Ruben on uh, <laughs> this, on a series that we're planning. So that's going to kind of demand my attention, and uh, I'm just not going to have. Uh, there's too many balls in the air to juggle yeah. um so i'm i'm yeah i'm I'm kind of banking on <laughs> on what we're going to be creating as a team and and that kind of stuff but um i'm definitely leaving in good hands everybody that has stepped up and and uh kind of performed or outperformed in this in this campaign i think you know they're going to do great with the next one um so yeah fingers crossed on the next one but we really want to get this one funded absolutely Awesome, awesome work. I'm very excited to see how this funds, how fast it funds. Yeah. Get my own physical comics sent to my house before Christmas. Who knows? Maybe next year. I don't know. These things are, you never know with the post yeah. office yeah. and yeah. supply chain issues. Who knows? But <laughs> anyway, thank you, Hector, for chatting with us today. I'm very excited. There will be links in the show notes to everything. And um, any last any last words about Chronicles of Horror 2? Um, no, thank you so much for having us on. Um, I do want to shout out, again, all the artists, that, uh, all the contributors yeah. um, that are working on this project. There's too many to name, so I'm not going to name them all. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we do have kind of like some exclusive stuff for, for stretch goals. So we really, really want to reach those stretch goals. One specifically is, is $8,000. But the reason why it is is because there's another 12 um 12 page story that we want to add into the into the fold and and i wrote that and i'm going to be working on that as well um with another artist nicole who worked on another uh bullies in in this series so um so yeah hopefully we're able to get there and i'm able to kind of put that out there this will be my writing debut so i'm excited about that um but yeah again thank you so much for having me on and yeah let's let's fund this thing damn right all right thanks a lot guys we'll catch you next time